and welcome to the Highline Podcast. I am Jamie Conlon and with me is... Aaron Gamley. We're going to discuss all the talking points from this weekend's Premier League action, starting with the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. What this has just ended. This yeah. Is, we are yeah. literally just after turning off the TV as well. So this is literally... This is live reaction. Live reaction to Tottenham Hotspur yeah. versus Chelsea. Chelsea 4-1 winners. An interesting game to say the least. Bonkers. Bonkers from, from start to finish. I watched the first half. And you got more controversy in the first half than you would have gotten in a week in an entire weekend of Premier League football. Like it was it was absolutely crazy. I thought Spurs clearly started a mile better than Chelsea. Chelsea weren't at the races. I thought anyway. And Spurs went one 0 up. Spurs could have went two 0 up here offside. But then I thought they were the the recipe for their own demise like they just shot themselves in the foot absolutely ridiculous the ridiculous naive decisions and jumping in a doggy should have been sent off that's a, yeah that's the thing Spurs were lucky to go without being down to nine men for as long as they did yeah because those challenges first from your doggy that's what woke Chelsea up oh completely it it gave com- any hope it completely brought Chelsea back into the game and yeah. he escaped that red which look Fair enough. He what got he got the ball, which is what saved him. But yeah. still, like if Sterling doesn't pull his foot out, that's a leg break. It's a leg break, but you can't go in jumping the two feet. Exactly. It's ridiculous. Exactly. You so all that taken away, the fact he's gone in with two with two footed is, it's a red card straight away. And then Romero, Romero. And, how, how often do I say this to you? Though? I know. You I know. back him. I do back him because Romero. I see the talent. And I, know I just he's there. think I just think he's 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 a notch down from Eric Bailly. Like. He's daft. <laughs> he he's is. Daft. He is daft, and he's rash. But like that's his fourth. I saw a stat there today. It's his fourth. It's his fourth red card in seventy five games. It's not good. Like not that's, good. and I think I heard Jamie Carragher say at the end there. He said that it comes a point where you become a hindrance to the team more so yeah. than what you're contributing. Yeah. And like Romero, from what I've seen anyway, and I've watched a good bit of Tottenham so far this season, is he has looked so much more composed in his play. Like there had he's only he's only had two yellow cards all season. Yeah. Compared to You could have two reds tonight. Yes, that's that's what I was getting on to. Like he he seemed the occasion got mm. the occasion actually got to the Tottenham players. They went one all up, stadium was bouncing. In a weird way though, the, like Yeah, the, like the, usually you think you'd dra- you'd feed all that and the atmosphere didn't get to them at the beginning when it does for most. No. Like they absolutely kicked off all over Chelsea. Like they were in prime position. After 15 minutes, yeah. they were like, this is, couldn't be in a better spot. They were all over Chelsea. And then they shot themselves in the foot. Yeah. But what I thought was even more interesting how that played out was how Chelsea dealt with it as the game went on. So it yeah. went to 10 men, then it went to 9 men, and you're almost thinking, if Chelsea don't win this, it's a shocker. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Especially the way, especially the way Spurs set up. Chronic. Stupid. I'm cutting for the life of me understand why and I know he's gone Postacoglu has got plaudits all season and rightly so his his team play incredible football and it's entertaining and he said like I want my fans to dream and I want to entertain the fans and Spurs have been deprived of good football for years and I can see why they love Ange if Ange was a manager of my football team you couldn't but love him the way he speaks in the media the way he's gotten his players the way he's just seamlessly slotted in there. Daft. Oh, absolutely daft. That's the way I see it is I'm all about results. 
Like football is a results business. And there's one team leaving Tottenham Hotspur Stadium for three points. Yeah, exactly. And like we were saying when we were watching the Spurs fans at the end of the game, they were cheering, chanting, they were yeah. delighted. But like they still, they were st- even though they were down to nine men, they were still in it. It was still only yeah. one one. They could Bentancur or Son could have scored, and that could have been two all. But they kept this exact same line as the halfway line as their high line. Yeah, like absolutely, f- made no sense. Made absolutely no sense to me for for how he thought they could do that for with ten men for an hour. And with nine men for over half an hour. I, I, I thought that was daft from Pascal's yeah. point of view. My issue with it would be that there was way more of a chance of them getting the results out of that game if they sat in and hit them on the counter. They're like Chelsea yeah. Chelsea were are completely void of confidence yeah. and they didn't look comfortable. And they didn't de- they didn't like the pressure of being the other team being down to nine men and all the onus and all the pressure being on them because if they if they didn't win tonight it's not it wouldn't have even been embarrassing it would have been just inexcusable but that's why I think Ange went with that tactic and kept it the same way I think Ange took one look at Chelsea and says I don't fancy these to, to, yeah. to beat us I actually don't even if we keep playing the way I think it was disrespect towards Chelsea Ange didn't fancy them like and for a fucking large portion of the game he was proved right like yeah. Chelsea were brilliant. like they couldn't stay on side it was, it was very very simple all they had to mm. do was play the ball over the back they were in every time they were in yeah, it was, the they, were, they were brutal they were brutal but in the end they got the goal they got Jackson the goal got the big, big big goals for Jackson actually yeah very big because I've actually I've actually liked the look of him he he's a presence up there he's fast he's he strong throws himself around. throws himself around he gets into positions but there seems to be a few strikers like that in the league where they're, they're, they're able scoring. to get in the positions, but they just can't finish. No, no, that's boring. And Jackson, Jackson's one of those. I liked him in pre-season. He looked good in pre-season. Then he just couldn't, couldn't score in the league. But maybe, maybe this will be the catalyst for a run of form. I don't, I don't, it's a weird one. Like, I'm getting a drink. It's a weird one. Like, do you think like Chelsea have any threat to top four? No. Zero? No. Chelsea are making Where you, what's their best? Where are they where are they going for? Chelsea would be lucky to Well not that they'd be lucky. Actually I like Chelsea's squad. I like Do I like I like their midfield. I, I like think, their midfield. I like their midfield. I think Thiago Silva will always be solid. He's too old. He he won't stay fit for that long. But I like Colwell. I like Dizazi. They've Baddy Shield on the bench. Reese James. Ah, Reese James. He's <laughs> If you can keep them fit for a run of games. Same with Chilwell. Same with Chilwell. Don't rate their goalkeeper. Their goalie's not good enough. No. Their striker doesn't buy guarantee goals, and then you're counting on Nkunku to come in. And and then you're counting on wingers that are hot and cold every day. So yeah, I, I don't rate them too much. Like I look Ster- Sterling looks past it too. I really thought Sterling was one of the smartest signings last summer. Yeah, he doesn't need to look. He's, some, he's hot and cold though as well. The same with every Chelsea winger. He can have yeah. moments of great, great play. But I don't think he. I don't think it's consistent. He hasn't. I thought he could have been a driving force for them. No. He has the experience and yeah. he has the know how, and he's played with Pep, and Pep mm. has him in playing the best football of his career. Yeah, I know. He just hasn't seen. No. Hasn't kicked on. But um, yeah. So. Tottenham. There's still two points. I think they're point. I think they're points 
flatters them. Like, but this this will definitely be Postacoglu's most testing period now because yeah. I mean Romero's gone for three games. Van de Ven is gone for yeah, the foreseeable. Gone. That looks like a bad tear. Bad, bad hamstring. That looks like a bad tear. Madison, who knows what's the story with him. So yeah, it's in, it'll definitely be interesting. And then Udogi will be gone as well for a game. He's gone. So and I I don't think Spurs have great strength in depth. I don't think they have the players like you seen the players even though they're a dire to go get. But you see the players that came on they didn't they didn't feel any confidence like no. Hoiberg for Madison. Definitely Emerson Royale at left back like yeah Bentancur on the midfield. I actually don't mind. I like Bentancur but he's still coming back from a long injury. It'll take him a while to settle it again. But I do think once Bentancur is fit, that him and Basuma will be the, the midfield yeah, too. Yeah, no, definitely. Definitely. Brennan Johnson as well looked looked lively before he was hooked. Did you think? Yeah. And I've been... Brennan Johnson hasn't actually impressed me too much. No, no, no. He's done nothing. At first. But... I was shocked with the move that he went to Spurs. He was good. He was good for a half hour against Palace, which got him the start here tonight. Mm. And I thought up until... The sending off where Postacoglu was forced to take him off. Yeah. I thought he was Spurs' bright spark in front of Jeez. I don't like that. I thought he was a weird signing. It I, was I don't, a weird like, signing for sure. No. Like you see players like Wilfred Zaha going to Galatasaray and you wonder. Yeah, yeah. Would he, he not make more of an impact? I true, yeah. He would have earned, earned a bigger move. Yeah, more. especially if Ange intended on playing Son in, in the centre. Which yeah. no one knew at the time. Yeah, definitely. So it was a weird one. Did Brennan Johnson sign before Kane left? It's a good question. Because if he signed before Kane left, he could have been nearly. You know, he had, wouldn't have intended Son to be a striker. Yeah, it so would have been. Could have been just backup for Son. Yeah, yeah. But then the goes where 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 does Charleston fit? I was shocked by how poor he's been for Spurs. I said this to you. I thought it was a good sign. Yeah, he, he never convinced me. Yeah, never convinced me. The, he was sensational at the World Cup. He really was. He got goals. Which is what I kind of look at Richardson sometimes and I go, if Richardson could kind of base his game off of what Watkins is doing for Villa, yeah. just staying around the box, don't overexert yourself because he's not great in the build-up. No. But... Watkins is banging this year. Watkins is banging this year, but yeah. I feel like Richardson has the potential to be able to do that. Snored and Watkins. A little bit, but if you're in and around the box and you've someone coaching you day in, day out about mm. different movements and there's different patterns of play where you can be found and you know that you're going to be there. Yeah. I feel like he could have that impact, but yeah, he, hasn't, he hasn't really. Even with his movement in the box, he never has that fight about him to get to the near post or get on the end yeah. of the cross he's always kind of on the fringes and he's just wait. Yeah. he's kind of like waiting for the ball to come to him and as a striker you can't wait no, for the ball to come to you you have to go to it but Vera played a huge role again today and it's been talked about all weekend like you go back to the Arsenal Newcastle yeah. game like that's that's like for, I, I don't know where I stand on it's very hard to call because the evidence that came out after we're obviously talking about the, the Newcastle goal Yeah. the only goal of the game one a huge result for Newcastle at home but a hugely damaging loss for Arsenal I feel but yeah. there was three major talking points in the goal there was the ball out of play the foul and the offside 
Arsenal are obviously furious. Arteta came out with a huge statement. And Arsenal have even come out with a statement, a club statement. But with all of those rants and all those statements, I, I'm still not sure which one they wanted. They thought they got wrong. Like, VR has come out and said they couldn't, they couldn't give sufficient evidence of those three. So they had to go with the on-field decision. That, that was, that was yeah. the finding. Hmm. I think it's a goal. I think, I, I, I think, I, I, why, why, why isn't it a goal? Like, they haven't the evidence that the ball was out of play, which we've seen from the World Cup, from those angles, it could be deceiving. Yeah. So I, that, I think being as well, being sport, did a, did a recreation, and it actually did, wasn't yeah. out of play. Yeah. I think, I think Gabriel was leaning to head the ball back. Yeah, I don't think it was a foot. Yeah, okay, both hands are on the back, but I don't think it's force. Like, no. Like, well, I, well, my question is, right, you're Joe Linton, and you say, that's, that's a foul. Ball's coming across six-yard box. Joe Linton's going to go for it. So if you think that's a foul, how would you want him to go for it? What, what way do you think he should go for it? There's no other way with the ball fizzed across. Gabriel's in between you. you just leave, you're just lunging towards get anything yeah. on it at all. No, I absolutely agree. I don't think it's foul. I absolutely agree. I think it's a goal. And it's impossible then to tell if it was offside. Because you can't see when Joe Linton touched the ball last. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, I, no, I agree. I think it's a goal. And I was actually... I was actually, I was raging with Arteta. It's ridiculous. Because VAR has made so many absolutely horrendous decisions. Uh, all season, they've had more bad decisions, like way more bad decisions than decisions where you go, all right, fair enough, VAR got right there. Mm. But I thought VAR actually, of on that game, they made so many mistakes. Yeah. Like Havertz, Havertz should have been gone. Should have been sent off. Gamares should have been sent Arteta off. Arteta would have been more than a line given about Gamares. Yep. That's, and what I was thinking was, Arteta has come out and everything he has said is bang on. It's a shambles. It's a disgrace. And VAR is embarrassing. The Premier League is the best league mm-hmm. in the world. But the officials don't portray the league as the best. The officials bring the league down. Everything he said was bang on, yeah. except the main argument that he was constructing. Like, and now the biggest talking point is how it was a goal, and VAR got it right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So instead of light being shown on VAR being embarrassing and a shambles, now it's all about Arteta's after losing the head. And it's a goal. What kind of shocked me though was I was listening to the ESPN podcast and they, like, this was the biggest, this was yesterday, so this is before today's game. This was the biggest talking point of the, the weekend's games and they spent, I'd say, 90 seconds talking about it. And there was five of them because they went around, right? They went around to all five of them and I was like, we should have made a goal. All of them, just, no. So there's no point even talking about it because they were like, it's such a clear foul. And I just don't see how that... I do not see how that can be a clear foul. No, it wasn't a foul. I, I, I don't mind the argument. I don't mind if someone comes up and yeah. says, I think that's a foul. That's fine if you think that's a foul. I think it's a close one. Definitely a close one. It's 50-50, which it's is what 50. a lot of their decisions are. Yeah. And how the play is inconclusive. It's 50-50 whether it's a foul or not. You, you can't And you can't tell side. whether he's on or offside. Side. So you don't have any... No. Material 
case to disallow the goal. Therefore, goal stands, no problem. Move on. But I felt Arsenal had done by I thought Arsenal played well. Thought they played that defended very well. Um, Gabriel Saliba. Thought they managed managed the crowd up until Havertz that decision just riled Newcastle right up to where Newcastle want to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I thought they'd managed the crowd perfectly. The possession they were great, they were creating chances. Newcastle weren't actually create too much. Still don't need to have the striker to win Anderson. What? Absolutely, really not. Absolutely not. They don't have to and I was wrong, I in fairness, go back go back on what you said. I was wrong about Gabriel Jesus. I thought he was that guy. No. To come in to get fifteen a season, to get them over that line. <clears throat> he's not he's not the guy. And Ketty is probably not the guy either. No, Ketty is not the guy. No. There's very few guys out there. Like they, Haaland's the guy in the Premier They need to splash splash the cash on by Tony in January. Yeah. He, the difference, the difference he would make to that team would be incredible. But then you'd have to look, Tony hasn't played ball in nine months. Yeah, there's that as well. What like, is that? There's, there's no guarantee in that he comes back and he fires straight away. No. He, but I feel like Ivan Tony is one of them unique personalities, I think. I think he's one of them people that can actually just come back and just yeah. start smashing the goals. He has the arrogance for it. Yeah. And I don't, I'm not sure whether it'd actually be wise for him to move in January. I think he should take the coming back in January mm. and then take those few months to get settled back in again, score a few goals for Brentford and then move in the summer. But if Arsenal want to win a league, they have to, mm. they have to take the chance, they have to gamble because they're not, they winning, they're not winning the league. Which they won't have this chance Without for long. Without a forward. They will not have this chance for long. Because they have a real chance. What to do? They have a real chance. And I would say the same for Spurs too. That if Spurs did find themselves in this situation come January, that there's just a couple of points, mm. I would say take a chance. Mm. I don't know. Sign a, sign a left winger. Sign a banging midfielder that can go in there and do a job for you. Sign a striker and put someone back out left wing. Absolute bagsman. I think a really good DM would help Spurs yeah. because they're just so loose at the back. Yeah. How they play as well, but they're so loose. Mm-hmm. Uh, someone who can really sit, like a Rodri, yeah. who can really, really sit and just protect that back four. Yeah. No, definitely. I do think Spurs and Arsenal are the two teams to come January. They really need to. Where do you make, Liverpool make as, the, as the fourth? I have Liverpool as the fourth. Is that your top four? Yeah, they're my fourth top four. I still. Little niggling part of me feels a Spurs slip off. So do I. I, I feel think like Spurs will them. slip off. Yeah. And I th- what will help them is they don't have European football. But I would fancy Newcastle and maybe Aston Villa. But I feel like European campaigns could. Yeah. Liverpool had the best weekend. And we watched the whole Luton game together. No, they were, they were poor. They weren't good. Liverpool were poor. Yeah. And Luton were really good. Luton were very well, strong. They were solid. Yeah. They would look great on the counter attack. Their transitional play was brilliant. Mm. And they were oh, they were so unlucky. They were so unlucky. They were so unlucky. Because but then again, Darwin Nunes could have had. Oh, Darwin, I saw, I saw somewhere. I think he had. I think he had nine shots. Yeah, all game. But is that a good thing or a bad thing? Like, what do you make of Darwin Nunes? Is he the guy? Will he take him to the league? Even if they improve other places, Darwin Nunes is your striker all season. Is he taking you to a league? Like, no, I don't think so either. There's no way. Not in the current way he is. He needs to get better. Darwin Nunes is one of the most entertaining watches mm. in the league. By much. It's impossible not to love him. Mm-hmm. I love, I love centre forwards that just want to score goals. 
And I love centre forwards that want to score goals, but also make it their business to score goals. And I feel like his movement is actually, I think he has some of the best movement in the league. He just snatches at chances. And that's what's killing him. He bursts the ball every time. Yeah. He tries to burst every time. He does. And he should have should have had at least a brace. Do you know that? Yeah. He missed. He had the crossbar. The crossbar one was the other And the then there was the, oh, header, the header across the six-yard box where he's just on the line and he's he over there. Like, that's... That's so bad. Like, that's... It's one of the worst misses ever. Yeah, that's, I like I think that's inexcusable in the Premier League. Like, yeah. Especially at a ground like Luton, it's nil all. You need a goal. You need to take it. But I think Nunes... I've always preferred Nunes as you're down, it's a draw, or you're down a goal. Yeah. You bring him off the bench and he wreaks absolute havoc. Do you think they're in tight race? Liverpool, yeah. definitely. Definitely? Yeah. So you've mentioned City, obviously, there. The two North London clubs. I Liverpool. But you've also only mentioned Newcastle and Villa coming up to threaten. Where, is, where do you have Man United? United? Yeah. Oh, God. Um, like, where do you have them? In that mix. Remember, five could get Champions League this year. Fifth place. They'll be getting well from the sixth. You don't think they're even a chance? No. Why? They're... They don't have... Do you not think they have good enough players? They don't have goals. They don't have goals. They don't have a setback for right now. There's too many injuries. Mm. Their midfield looks all over the place. And their goalkeeper... In fairness, the goalkeeper has started coming into his game in the past few games since the penalty save at Copenhagen. Yeah. But his, his shot-stopping technique wouldn't fill me with confidence. No, it's, it's flappy. Flaps at every ball. He flaps, and every time he makes a save, he puts it straight back into the danger area again. Yeah. And that's a recipe for disaster. Yeah. And if I'm Raphael Varane sitting on the bench looking at Harry Maguire and Johnny Evans... Start ahead of him. Starting ahead of me. Well, I wonder, is he st- are they starting ahead of him because... Ten Hag is just easing them back in again because he's just he has to be so sick of these injuries. Yeah, there is that argument, but <clears throat> I feel like if you're fit enough for the bench, you're fit enough to play. That's why I always see it. If you're fit enough for the bench, player in games that you need to win, play Varane for sixty minutes. The wind's in the bag. Mm. Take him off. But Maguire. Now I actually I have to say Harry mm. Maguire has inc- has seriously impressed me in the past month. I think he's been Man United's standout player in the past month, easily. He's forced his way back into the team. He's one of the first names on the team sheet at the minute. He's United's most consistent mm. performer. And I think nothing but nothing but praise for him. Because he must have been in he the must, He must have been in a very dark He was place. our fifth choice. He was our fifth he choice. Definitely was, yeah, he was. Because he, he went Varane Martinez. Then he was Lindelof. Lindelof. Evans came in and then Evans, it was every time yeah. Shaw came into the centre back Shaw was centre every half, time yeah. he's done it's an absolute testament to his mental strength and his character that he's forced his way back into that team and he's playing really well and he got a head injury very early on in the game and stay going. he still stayed going mm. and he put it he was mad at the match I thought he was who did give it to Bruno because of the goal I think yeah I think so but like, Bruno it was a great goal by Bruno. Bruno yeah but he was so Oh, it was terrible. What do you think of the boys saying that he should be a captain? Um, I, I don't, I don't my, agree with that. My response to that would be, who else? Yeah, who else? Like, 
Like, you can... I've... You're not going to give him back to Maguire. No. You're not going to give back to Maguire. You can't give it to Casemiro because he looks like the legs are shot and he could be gone in the next year or two. Can't give, can't give it to Varane because he's never on the pitch for more than twice a week. And after that, you're looking... You're not going to give it to the two full-backs. After that, you're looking at the likes of Luke Shaw. And the only reason Luke Shaw will get it was because he's the longest-serving player there. And then you're looking at the likes of Rashford. And I don't think Rashford has the mentality either. to be a captain either. And you're not going to give it to anyone else. And there's no one else. Bruno so, is the only one that could give you... Bruno's could the only player he's... Deserves it. As crazy as it sounds based on this season's performances, he's been United's most consistent performer since he's joined. He's been the catalyst for them. He's... He's their best player. He's their best player on form. But I can't get over how poor he's been this season. Yeah. He looks completely off it. Completely. He's just stupid things though. Some of his passes are so ridiculous. Yeah. Like they're beyond stupid. Like I remember he, the Bruno last season. It was like he had finally got away from that rash sort of hero ball yeah, yeah, yeah. where he's just looking for the killer pass all the time and it nearly there there was a there's desperation nearly of he was just fizzing these passes in. They had never a hope of getting through. Mm. But he was doing it anyway because he was just constantly trying to make something happen because he felt as though if I don't make something happen who else is going to make mm. something happen? Whereas now, this season it feels like he's gone back to that. And that's a lot got to do with that United are desperate right now. They need wins. Yeah. I don't think the players want Ten Hag sacked. Let's be real though. Ten Hag is not getting sacked. No. He's not getting sacked. He's not getting sacked. Like they're in the middle of a takeover right now. He has a, how many players injured? He's not getting sacked. There's no chance. There's nothing going to happen in that club until that 25% stake by Sergeant yeah. Ratcliffe is ratified. Yeah. Because um, the way I see it is who is right now who is the decision maker at the club? If Ten Hag was to be sacked in the morning, who signs the dotted line? Who signs that piece of paper? Hmm. Because by the sounds of things in the media, when Sergeant Ratcliffe takes over the football side of the club mm. with his 25% stake he's completely washing out the football department and he's bringing in his own people so you can't which is a good you can't thing. give Richard Arnold or John Murta the freedom to sack the manager when they're not mm. even going to be in the job in a couple of months there was reports as well broken in the last couple of days that he's don't he's what's the word he's designated is it two hundred and forty one million to the beginning of restoring Old oh, yeah. Trafford? Like yeah. that wouldn't fill United fans with a whole lot of That wouldn't do up that wouldn't do up East End. The East End, yeah, it wouldn't never mind this any like bits of the stadium. You look what Spurs paid north of a bill for their stadium. Bernabeu was well over a bill. New campus. New campus have been the bill. Barcelona are broke. And they're broke. Like oof. we are we owe the most money. United owe the most money. Of any Premier League club to other clubs, yeah, like we're we're in, United are in extenuating debt. Yeah. So it's just it's 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 a really really messy situation that Ratcliffe's coming in, and if he does, I mean, if he can get it going anyway at all, he'll be he doing incredibly to, well. Yeah, he'll be doing incredibly well to get anything out of that. But if he does clear out the football department and start. gets in an actual director of football and a few people that know what they're doing, it's definitely step in the right direction definitely because that club lacks so much competent 
people running it. Yeah. Because at the minute it's just business. But you have to look at the transfers in the past. No, oh, yeah, yeah. like, transfers are like it's every it's the same every every transfer window. You you get to near deadline day and all these loan deals starting yeah. in and all these this it's again it's Man United have just reek of desperation. Yeah. In the way they play, in the way they ran, and in the way they operate. It's just desperation everywhere. And I don't I don't see you know, to go back to your original question, I don't see United coming anywhere near Champions League places. That'd be a huge In fact I don't even think I don't even think they're getting out of the group. I don't think United in the Champions League group. No. What do you think of Copenhagen on Wednesday? They might get something. It's only Copenhagen. They're not great. I watch like I watched them when they needed a last minute penalty save to get by. And I didn't think Copenhagen were great. But again, it's an away game and you just don't fancy United with them all. Yeah. And when they go to Galatasaray, they're, they're going to really feel that. Because Man United are very fickle and that's one of the most hostile places you can go yeah. and they will get turned. And then Bayern comes to Old Trafford and we've already seen that Old Trafford is not a fortress this season. So Bayern won't be afraid. They won't be afraid. They won't be f- no. They won't be cautious. If anything, United will be cautious. Because if they get a good hammer in there, which is likely with the farm hurricane is in, there'll be there'll be uproar. Like if we're out of the Champions League at that stage and we're not looking good in the league, we're already out of the Carabao Cup. We're not gonna win the FA Cup. Oh, it's another it's another poor season. It's trouble. Yeah. But for who though? I, I, I think see. it's just going to be a write-off. I don't think Ten Hag against sacked because Ratcliffe will hopefully be in by then. I think it's just going to be a, ra- a write-off. I think Ratcliffe might sack Ten Hag. Maybe know. not straight off the bat. I don't think so. But I think after... if you get who? Oh, I don't know who. But I think Ratcliffe will want to come in and I think he'll just want to... What's the word? I think he'll want to Fresh put time. his own spin on everything. I think he'll clear out the football department, he'll have his own people in and then it'll just be a gradual... Remix, I think. And I think you want his own man in. Unless Ten Hag turns things around by then. I know. But he has he's a very tough job in his hands. Very tough job in his hands. Do you think Ten Hag is the right person for Man United? Yeah. I thought for last, last part of last, the last season. Last I season I would have said yeah. I think it's very questionable how he's gone about his job this season. Hmm. But I do have sympathy for him. I think it's with the external pressure and the situation, the external situations, and he's been tasked with recruitment essentially, and that's not his job. But then again, it's his job to put out a team of eleven players, and the team of eleven players he's putting out aren't performing. But they're also not. His, he said he said to himself he's never had his first choice eleven. All season. Maybe yeah. once. Yeah. Because they've been so injured. But if you look at, like, starting 11, a lot of those, like, a lot of those players are still his players, like Hoyland. He's his striker sign. Who's looked promising? Anthony is his right winger. He's terrible. He loves Rashford. He's always going to be his left winger. Rashford's Bruno's good. his captain. He signed Ericsson. Bruno could be good. Ericsson was good last year. He signed Johnny Evans. 
I signed think, on. I Anna. think is a backup for the exact thing that happened. And he now. signed on. Anna. Yeah. They're still his players. He signed them. Yeah. I just don't think he can play the way he wants to play without his complete set. Maybe. Like the, those few that aren't his players there can really, really affect a team that really want to build from the back. They can't. They're missing pieces. Mm. Uh, well, Martinez and Shaw are massive losses. In massive. Shaw is the biggest loss. Yeah, especially in build-up. He's... Like, there's, no, there's no surprise Rashford is at what he's at right now without him. Yeah. Him and Shaw is linked like, up well. Rashford looks at the overlap. He does not know who he's going to see on a weekly basis. But to me, it's not a surprise that Rashford's goals have dropped off. Because Rashford, if you think back to Rashford's goals last season, a lot of them goals came from him playing from middle. Yeah, but he does, he's not a striker. But still. That's like when people say, oh, Rashford's goals have dropped off. Yeah, because he got most of his goals when he played. Like, he was moved into the middle. Like, a lot of his goals were winning goals and equalisers in the last 20 minutes because Ten Hag would move him in to the middle because he was the main source of goals. striker, yeah. yeah. Whereas now we've... Whereas I would feel Rashford's overall play... He's better on the left. Has actually... It's actually been okay. Yeah, no, he's this been season. season. Um, but he is such a, he is such a, a form player. Yeah. He, re- when he's struggling, he is struggling. And you can see it in him. It really gets to him. Yeah. And he can't perform. And when Old Trafford gets on his back, that's when it really kills him. Mm. You, can, you, can, you can just see it in him. He, his shoulders slide, his shoulders drop. The head goes down. He's not hitting shots with conviction. He's not dribbling with conviction. Because yeah. when Rashford's dribbling with conviction and Rashford is confident, you know it. You I see it. In. He goes at everyone every time. All the time. He, yeah. has, to, he has that right back in a tizzy leg. Yeah. When he is on it. Absolutely. But it's just, it's hot and cold again. It's like a Chelsea where he's too hot and cold. Yeah. For my liking at the minute. Ten Hag's two men that he relies on are t- t- maybe two of the most inconsistent players Bruno and Rashford yeah. yeah so when you're relying on inconsistent players you're in trouble you're in trouble that's why United are in trouble and that's why United are in trouble yeah. all upstairs issues aside it's a mess anyway on the pitch they're not looking too coherent either no so yeah that's United yeah that's United as well this weekend Sheffield United got their first win they did. Uh, Wolves. Uh, who you backed as the most underrated team in the league. I did. Only, 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 only two days ago as well. But poor Gary O'Neill, I actually feel for him. I really feel for him. Why? That's the second week in a row he's got done by a scandalous decision. I didn't see the if, decision actually. If anyone was going to go on to oh, Sky Sports yeah. and completely lose the head, it should have been, been Gary O'Neill, not Mikel Arteta. What was the decision? It was nearly a carbon copy of the penalty Newcastle got last week. In the box, balls bobbling around, gets a little bit of a, a nick on him. It was oh, soft. Like Newcastle against United, like Newcastle against Wolves the week before. Oh right, okay, okay. There was that was another scan decision that Gary O'Neill has had. Gary O'Neill has had three terrible decisions go against his mm-hmm. way. Onana in the first game of the season. That was dreadful. Newcastle last week, and Sheffield United. This week. Now that doesn't now Wolves should have been able to go to Bramble Lane and, yeah. and win yeah. in over 90 minutes but 
they, they, another bad penalty decision and I'm sure he was seething because you, think you don't write, you don't think they're too bad Wolves I think Wolves are good do you I think like our do you think our um, Sheffield's safe do you think they're no. going to go down no Sheffield are going down with Sheffield are going down do you think they're two promoted clubs yes although Burnley have shocked me yeah I knew by I Burnley. backed them being good I knew by Burnley I didn't like their recruitments over the summer I didn't think they recruited strong enough and I don't think they'll sack company I don't think they should sack company no. I think Burnley might just be a year or two ahead of where they thought they were going to be yeah I think company, they need to survive this season though and they're not doing well they need to survive yes but I don't think I don't think they would be entirely in a mess if they went down very easy said and done uh, they went down last time and they yeah, got the most points in the championship history again uh, there's no saying they'll do it again, but yeah, I think I think Burnley, Sheffield, and Luke go down. Bournemouth are in trouble though. Bournemouth are in trouble. Bournemouth are in trouble, and it's kind of, it's a bit of, it's a bit of a sweet one for Gary O'Neill, I think, hmm. because I feel like he was very hard done by. Very, I don't know. There wasn't a huge amount of reason in there. Um, sounded to me now that Bournemouth just wanted. Attractive, attractive name and attractive brand of football, which look, it's it's understandable. Yeah, I know. Yeah, um, a lot of clubs want to play attractive football, but I wouldn't say that Gary O'Neill plays unattractive football. Mm. It might be more pragmatic at times, but Gary O'Neill's a good coach. He's a good coach, and he has got got good potential. And the Wolves, he's in a good team. And if you look at how like Wolves, I had them fancy to go to be near the bottom at the start of the season because mm. people are people are forgetting how much of a dump that was like Lopetegui left left no, no one wanted him yeah. Lopetegui left him because of how poor the transfer because business of was. how poor the transfer business was and how he wasn't seen outside mm. with the owners and he was going to walk before the season ended mm. and then he decided to stay on and then he went and he fell out with the owners again and he walked yeah so that wasn't an easy club to go into and Gary O'Neill has, well. has gone in there and he's gotten good he's gotten some good results. Yeah. He has them playing decent football. They have a nice balance to them. I like the midfield. I like their front three. Now it's unfortunate how Pedro Neto was out. He was he, he was, was on bad. fire. Yeah, he was. He was on fire. He was he was getting assists for fun. Easily. Yeah, he was. No, he was he was he was he was he was lighting the Premier League up in fairness at that stage. And they got rid of a few as well that they just really could have done with now as well. Yeah, and Wang Wang is in great form. Cunha Cunha is good, and I like their their midfield. They have a few nice midfielders, and they've Kilman and Dawson at the back, and Jose Sa has mistaken him. He does, and Semedo has mistaken him. But Aid Nori, like Ryan Aid Nori, he's up and down that touchline like you won't believe. Yeah, they've got some nice players, and I like Gary and Gary Gary Neal was on Monday Night Football not so long ago, and. He, it was like he provided them with training sessions and he just went through exactly how he picked the park board yeah. with that, that game and it was just I was just I was very impressed yeah, yeah and I was impressed I remember watching them against Old Trafford first game of the season yeah. and how they just the power of their running their dribbling the way they progressed the, the ball feature. the way they progressed the ball I just you know, I thought that they were good I'm liking like I'm seeing by Wolves. Definitely. 
And for us, as for Bour- as for Bournemouth, they have a lot of a lot of stuff to do. They have a lot of changes to make. Because if they keep turning out results like that, and it was just, it was a, it was probably unfortunate that they came up against City this weekend because they had gotten the they had gotten their they had gotten their first win of the season yeah. the week before. And then they've Newcastle next. They've Newcastle next. It's not easy. It's not ideal for them at all. And as for City, normal business, normal. as business as usual. He, he, rota- he rotated the team as well, which he doesn't normally do. Like he, he brought Kovacic, Doku, Ake and Akanjian for who I think he took out Grealish, took out yeah. Foden, took out Vardy all, took out Doku's Ruben Diaz. Doku's lightning. Doku Doku is Grealish is in trouble there. Grealish, yeah. He is in trouble. What kind of saves him is Pep has tendencies to mix and match and he yeah. picks for different games. But if Doku stays going as he's going, he's a proper throwback of a winner. He's, he actually runs at people. Like he's a joy to he's watch. He's so good. And he's like, he's like the complete carbon, or not carbon copy, the complete polar opposite of what Pep has gone for in wingers lately. I know, yeah. Like, he goes for more robotic. Yeah, like he had like the likes of Mares and Grealish last season. They were good. They could dribble. They won fouls. They could cut in. Mm. They kept the ball moving. Mm. Whereas this guy... This guy keeps the ball moving, but it's all him. It's all him. And like he's got tricks up his sleeve. He seems like if he got four assists the weekend. He has an eye for a pass. Yeah, he's very good. I've seen a couple of finishes. He's got a good finish in him. And he's just he lights lights the stadium up. Where's he from? Belgium. That's another one for Belgium. I remember watching him in Euro twenty twenty, would it be? Hmm. And Belgium were poor. Yeah. But they kept bringing this guy on in like the last 20 minutes and he just ran at lads. And I kind of, I was like, he's going to get, he's going to get a move out of this because I was looking at him and I was like, the way this guy takes on players mm. is incredible. He's, he, he's bound to get a move. Mm. And he just went quiet, didn't really hear from him until yeah. the city signed him in the summer. And I was kind of like, what well, doc, yeah, I remember watching him. It's just more of a business I didn't think city, he, like. I didn't think he'd take to, no, Peps. I thought, like all of Pep's transfers, I thought he wouldn't even be really showing much yeah. in the game. But he, he he's absolutely pushed himself into the team again. Absolutely. Like Grealish came, didn't do much first season. See what happened Phillips last year. It happens a lot with who Pep's signs. Phillips is gone. I've seen, seen Guardiola say in a press conference that Cal Phillips will be gone in January. Jesus. They'll be looking at possibilities. That was a strange one. I thought he'd be good for him. But that just shows how good Roger has been. Yeah, he's, he's, he's immovable. He's, he's the, he's the glue as they say. He is. He's the glue. He's he's, he's incredible. Him or Casemiro? Oh, it's Rodri all day long. I said that to you last season when Casemiro was was flying. Yeah. I just didn't think they were comparable. What Rodri can do with and without the ball is top class, elite, in every department of the game. Yeah. And he's a leader. Cas now look, Casemiro last season was was phenomenal. Phenomenal team of the year. Ahead of Rodri. He was fantastic. I didn't agree with that. Yeah. But um, he was fantastic and he's and he was the instrumental part. But he's in the most stable club. Rodri yeah. is in the most stable club. Yeah, he's fantastic. But Casemiro came into the most unstable club and at times pulled them out. I think Pep Guardiola would grow hair to pull out again if Casemiro was in the team. 
No. He'd have him robotic. He'd have him... Like Casemiro was at Real Madrid. Casemiro wasn't really that noticeable at Real Madrid. But you're, I think you're underestimating how much of an impact on the ball Rodri has in City. No, he does. I know he does, but... I, 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 Casemiro, you know he does, but Casemiro doesn't have that same impact on the ball. But he, he, he at Real Madrid, he just could look up and he'd pass it to Modric, yeah. he'd pass it to Cruz. At United, he'd look up. He mightn't see anyone for 20 yards. So he had to just sometimes dig it out himself. The amount of goals he's got last season, never mind this season, who's our top scorer this season. Nah, I know. So, yeah. like, he still is digging United out of holes. I do, I do, really do feel that, even, even if he doesn't have his best games at times. He's doing all he can. Yeah, but... Put, put Rodri in that United midfield. Not the same Rodri. He's not this killer. I really don't think... Put Rodri in that United midfield, I don't think he'd have the same impact as, as Casemiro has had. He's a fantastic system player, and he is the best DM in the world right now, I would say that. But he is in the most stable club. Ex- no, he, he's surrounded by genius. He really is. But, and he's pivotal to that. I get what you're saying, but... I think you throw Roger. I think, I think Casemiro's biggest hindrance right now is the way Ten Hag is asking to play football. Ten Hag has him chasing shadows yeah. around the pitch. Yeah. And we are so susceptible to cutbacks, drives through the middle of the park. United are so easy to get, so easy to get through. And Cas- you have to say, Casemiro has been been absolutely, he's been pretty bad. Oh, poor. Like, you can't. You can use the argument. Oh, Casemiro's got the most goals for United. That's not his job. Yeah, I know. Yeah. His job is to marshal the defense and keep us solid, keep the game ticking over. And I just, I think Casemiro on the ball. I just don't think he's up to scratch. And I don't think that's his fault. I don't think it's what he wants to be as a player. I think last season he got into a great groove. And things went well for him. Yeah. But I think ultimately, I don't think Casemiro is phenomenal on the ball. Gives it away a lot. Misplaces passes. Yeah. He can misplace passes that lead to attacks and then get stupid yellows. And I love Casemiro. Yeah. He's won. You don't win five Champions Leagues no. being a bad player. Starting midfield every game. Starting midfield every game. He gave Modric and Cruz the platform to be Modric and Cruz and win five Champions Leagues but I think I think it's okay to admit when a player is past it and I think Casemiro might just be past it we don't know that yet no. a few bad games I'm not going to cause him a past it he the was legs, far from past the it legs, he was far the from legs, past it last season the legs are gone he was far from past it last season we'll see what happens with this next few weeks he's out well, he won't he's, he's done he's out injured more United, and more United woes more United injury woes you just can't seem to catch a break. No. But yeah, that was a savage podcast. Yeah. And on Thursday, no, Friday, we're going to preview... Friday, we're going to preview the weekend's action. We're going to give you five accumulators. Yeah. Five bets. Yeah. Five, are, five bets. Good. Our picks of the week. Our picks of the week, yeah. And, um, yeah. Look back on a few Champions League games. Definitely, hopefully. It'll be our, it's the last weekend of football before the international break. I know. So, and enjoy it. There's a few good games on. I know Chelsea are playing City. We'll see if Chelsea can make it two on the bounce on very, Sunday. Very unlikely, I don't see, but that's for that's, that's, for that's a topic week. for another day. Yeah. 
So yeah, this has been the, the Highline Podcast. Thanks very much for watching. Don't forget to subscribe.